Welcome to Family Owned, a legacy leadership podcast exploring generational leadership success for family businesses. Brought to you by the Ole Miss Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. If you're ready to take your family owned business to new and perpetual heights, stay tuned to hear compelling insight from experienced business leaders who will help you set your business up for generational advancement. Whether you want to go public, stay private, or make international inroads. Now, keep listening for how to leave an enduring legacy through exceptional leadership. My name is Dr. Clay Dibrell. I'm a professor of management and entrepreneurship at the University of Mississippi, and also the co-director for the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. We're very fortunate today uh, for our second part of our podcast with uh, Lee Lampton and Amy Walker from Ergon. Uh, Lee and Amy, Lee is the dad and Amy is the daughter. And with that said, welcome, Lee and Amy. Thank, Thank you for having Glad us. And so in our previous podcast, we kind of almost had a little bit of a cliff. We, had, we did have a cliffhanger because I was really intrigued. Uh, we were talking about the, the benevolent dictator and the four silos. And then also how uh, Amy um, got, got on the board of directors and Lee, how you uh, allowed that or enabled that to happen. I'll put it that way, because you wanted to allow her to, to grow. And so with that said is, how is it to work with your daughter? Well, it's 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 really good. Uh, I don't really work directly with her because I think I said earlier in, in the podcast, the last podcast, that she works for the Asphalt Group. So indirectly, she reports to my younger brother, Bill, who runs that particular business segment. Uh, but where I do come in contact with her, contact with her where uh, we talked about earlier in the pod, last pod, podcast was that uh, I did put her on the board and we were just talking about that relationship, and that's really where I have more communication with her. And we were talking about the my father, the benevolent dictator. And unfortunately, as a parent, sometimes we want to make sure they know we can dictate too. And we were talking about a situation at our last annual stockholders meeting, uh, last board meeting, is that uh, there was some issues that came up that Amy and I uh, didn't, completely agree with and I felt like that she was not listening to me so I think I reported that I took her proxy away which means as a benevolent dictator you'll listen to me or else you won't be able to vote my my shares and so needless to say we we came together and we uh, agreed with it so I gave her my proxy back and uh, she voted in the way that we wanted to vote, not the way that she or I wanted to vote. Does that make sense? <laughs> it, it does. Amy, do you, what, what, are you, what do you comment on that? Uh, well, you know, as, you know, your parents get a little bit older, sometimes you have to explain things in different ways. And, uh, you know, what I tried to explain to him is that uh, I wasn't saying I was against what he wanted but I wanted to gather more information before we made a decision. So um, it was a few heated uh, couple of days, but um, in the end, you know, he respected my opinion and I respected his. And we were both saying the same thing, just maybe in a different way. Um, and, you know, I think what he probably learned from it is sometimes we don't have to make uh, such a quick decision. And, Sometimes we do need to gather the facts before we make a decision. Our family is known for our ADD. So sometimes it's, let's make a decision and move on. But sometimes uh, that, that might not be the best thing. But, you know, in, in the end, it worked out. You know, there was another situation 
after that where we were asked for questions. And, and, you know, what I learned from that situation is I went to his office and said, Dad, let's answer these questions together. And so we were able to have good, healthy dialogue um, without it being my way or his way. It was our way. So, you know, they're, they're still learning. I talked to a lot of families and they're like, oh, we've already made our transition. We've already gone to this school. But you're always in a transition. I mean, we just most recently went um, through transition from second to third in some of the family units. But um, within the family, we're now looking at education, ways to educate the fourth generation. So you're always transitioning. You know, it's kind of like estate planning. Just because you've gotten this done doesn't mean you're completely over. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot that we learned from it that was very healthy for all of us. But just remember, just remember, she doesn't know this. I really didn't take her proxy away. I just didn't put it in writing. I just told her I was going to put it in writing. So needless to say, we both got our ways. Well, and to that point, I mean, because I, I know both of you personally, and uh, I can really tell that uh, there's genuine love and trust. Could you talk a little bit how important that is to keep in a family while still also running, a, you know, multi-generational business? Um, you know, it, it's definitely not just a level of trust, but a level of patience and um, listening. And sometimes that's hard when you're running a business um, to do. But the most important thing in a family-owned business is that you keep the family as one. You may not always agree, but learning how to work through conflict resolution but also at the same time, remember that, I mean, we have 3,500 employees. So we have not only 3,500 employees, but if each of them had a wife and two kids, we've got you know close to 15,000 people that are depending on, um, you know, our decisions for their livelihood. And so sometimes you have to get back to center that it's not just about my dad or it's not just about me. It's about us getting along, but trusting each other. And where sometimes the dialogue may not be dialogue that people want to have, you know, at the end, you have all these people and all these businesses that buy from us that depend on us. And, um, you know, a lot of times people will be like, hey, why, why wouldn't you sell? And I guess we have a little, we all have a little bit of fire, like our grandfather, that it's not about the money. It's about the service, which is what, he created this on and the people. And, um, you know, if we, we can't come together as a family and trust each other and have healthy dialogue, um, there's a lot of, of influences that, that could have an impact on our business. And so sometimes it's, it's important to get back to that center. You know, I respect my dad a lot. Um, I know it wasn't easy when he passed the baton to me um, to put me on the board. But in the end, he realized it was the best way to train me and to coach me. But also, um, it was the best thing for the business to sometimes look at things from different color lenses. And that's something also within our business that we're dealing with right now. Um, we have a board member that is rotating off. And um, our board members have done a phenomenal job for five years serving us. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are without them. And you know, my uncles did a great job bringing them on, but um, we have a younger 
um, generation, uh, younger gentleman that is serving on our board um, when the first one rotates. And we also added an advisory role. And we added that advisory role just to have some um, different insight to what's going on into our business. But also, um, if something were to happen to another board member, we don't miss a beat. We have somebody that has the knowledge of our business. So, you know, not only are we going through um, changes within the family, we're also going um, into changes within the board. But it's been very healthy and good to have, you know, different eyes and a different opinion on situations that we haven't had. Family-owned businesses account for 64% of the U.S. gross domestic product, generate 62% of the country's employment, and account for 78% of all new job creation. For more information on becoming a part of the Legacy Leadership Program, visit our website at olemiss.edu slash CIE. The Legacy Leadership Podcast is sponsored by the Ergon Foundation, Do Good Work, and the CELO Agency, Creative Vision, the ability to see what is and what can be. Once again, we're here today with Lee Lampton and Amy Walker, second and third generation uh, family uh, for Ergon. And Lee, you were about ready to uh, provide your insights about the dealing with the love and the trust, but also what Amy brought in in terms of different perspectives and helping the company to become more competitive. Well, I'll say this. I, I was pleased with what she said. I couldn't have said it any better. My father would have probably answered in the same way that she did. Uh, I do think, though, that a part of the process of moving away from what we talked about earlier as a benevolent dictate is to have a functional board. And um, we started that process as far back as 1999. And the real key to it was, as Amy had explained in her uh, conversation, y'all, is that um, independent board of directors are very critical uh, in a family-owned business because they do find that middle ground. And I will say that uh, it's really helped the brothers uh, in our transition that we've gone through between the first and second with my father to be able to have other people bring us some insight outside the family and some of the experience that we thought they had to, um, to, to, to give us some of that insight. Uh, I think one of the board of directors is actually uh, chairman of the board of one of the largest construction company out of Rhode Island that basically is fourth generational uh, uh, family in their business. And he's been very, very helpful in helping the brothers as well as the third generation learn that cooperation and uh, coming to the middle sometimes is one of the most important things in making the decisions that we have to make running a company of our size. Excellent. And I was going to say, it's nice to see that you've really leaned into the board as a resource uh, to make that to make the company even stronger and more competitive. Very cool. Clay, I would like to share. We have, if, if you're not familiar with our family, we have um, the my grandfather that started the company and then the four brothers, um, which my dad's referenced. And then there are 10 of us in the third generation. And of the 10, at some point in time, everybody's worked in the company in some capacity. Um, some have made the choice to go out on their own. Um, at the current time, we have five family members in the third generation that work for the business. But what's really exciting is my cousins that aren't in the business have just as much of a passion, not only for Argonne, but for our employees as the ones in the business. Um, so I think it's very important as you have outside stockholders to embrace those 
relationships. I mean, they have probably more trust in us than we have, you know, among us because we're together all the time, but they trust the decisions that we make. But at the same time, they bring a lot of insight to our family council and our family assembly that sometimes we don't see. And I think it's very important to embrace your outside family members that are stockholders because they, they can bring something to the table and our employees know them, you know, just as much as they know us because they want us to be successful because they're stockholders, but they also want to take a vested interest in our employees. So I think that's, that's a very important part, you know, as we're talking about Argonne and we're talking about the family, we do have people that aren't in the business that are stockholders and they're probably even more important than the other stockholders that are in the business because they're not living it day to day, but they bring a lot of resources to us. And Amy, to that point real quickly, you mentioned a couple of key terms that we haven't talked about yet in terms of family council, family assembly. Could you elaborate a little bit more on, on what those are and how they work in your family? Absolutely. Um, my uncles were very, and my dad, I, you know, you, you say uncles and lump my dad in there, but they were um, very insightful. Um, and, and my dad can share probably a little bit more. I could probably give the cliff notes. But, um, you know, 1999, they came together and decided that they had to get some changes from the benevolent dictator to more structure. And they, they over the course of the time, um, they went to Harvard and learned a whole lot there. Um, they created an executive committee and um, a board underneath them that were kind of advisors in the business. They would bring stuff um, to them. And that's the cliff note version. He would give you a more detailed version. But um, and then, you know, as early as early, probably 2013, 2012, um, they saw the need to get a little bit more formalized. And they went to Kellogg and Northwestern. Um, and then they sent the family members there. And we even had family members that um, were, as we call them, outlaws. They're actually in-laws married into the family, but we call them outlaws. Um, and we had some of them that even attended. And that's where we um, began forming our family council and family assembly. And I I'll be the first to say at first when people said these terms, I was like, this is crazy. This is hokey. But it's very important as you perpetuate to future generations and you have stockholders outside the business. Um, our family council in the beginning was made up from one family member from each family unit. So there were four. And then um, my, we had a second generation family member because we knew that the second generation would want to make sure they didn't have control, but still had a, a voice and knew what was going on. Um, and I was on the family council for four years. Um, and in the family council, fa the family council basically comes up with ideas for the family assembly. Family assemblies once a year, which I'll explain in a minute. But um, they come up with education things. They survey the family to find out where do we need help. Um, you know, as my dad may have mentioned in an earlier podcast, last week we had um, – some estate planners, the attorneys that, that built our trust come up and kind of explain the dynamics of that. And that came from the family council, knowing that the family needed a little bit more information of what we have and why we have it. Um, and then they plan the family assembly, education. They're basically the liaison between the family and the board. 
um, to make sure that the board is upholding the vision and the mission of the family and running the business. Excellent. And so before we go to Lee on that one, uh, we've come to the end of another podcast. So, but we're fortunate enough to have Lee and Amy with us for one more podcast. So we'll see you on the other side. And I just want to say thank you for listening to this edition of the Legacy Leadership Family-Owned Podcast. Thank you for listening to this edition of Family-Owned, a Legacy Leadership Podcast, exploring family businesses who make up the backbone of the American economy. Join us next time to gain invaluable insight into your family business and how to make generational advancements for your family, industry, and community.